Welcome back, everyone, to NYU Grads Daily Podcast. It's Friday, uh, November 10th. I'm recording this after market hours. Hope you had a good day. Let's just jump right into it. There's a lot to cover. Um, so we had a very strong day today after the open. Uh, we sold off a little bit till about 10.30ish. And then we were getting close to the previous close and we just launched off like uh, a bat out of hell. Uh, to give you breath numbers, as I'd like to lead with, we had 189 new highs. And curiously, we still have 488 new lows today. That is despite the Dow being up 391 points, 1.15%. The NASDAQ up 276 points, up 2.05%. And the S&P up 67 points, up 1.5%. So, uh, a lot of mixed signals here, but very bullish day. And I'll walk into the complexion of it a little bit um, more. So we had 68% of shares advancing versus 26% declining. We still have, uh, it's an improvement, but we have 57% of stocks under the 50-day moving average and we have 67% of the market under its 200-day moving average. Um, if I had to sum up the day, there's a lot to cover even after the close. It was led by the big mega cap and Magnificent 7. And that is how you have 189 new highs and 488 new lows. Um, which is like 3x almost uh, outweighed to new lows. And the reason why this is happening is you have uh, Microsoft, which is part of the Dow 30, part of the NASDAQ and the S&P, up 2.5% today. Uh, but pretty much all of the Magnificent 7 were up today. Apple was up 2.19%. You had NVIDIA up almost 3%. The entire semi uh, semiconductor sector, say that five times, are all up. Like you have AVGO up 5%, AMD up 4.5%, Texas Instruments up 2.7%, Intel up 2.8%, Qualcomm up 3.4%. So very, very strong day in the semiconductor group. Uh, Google was up 1.8%, Meta was up 2.56%, Amazon up 2%, Tesla up 2.2%. So all of the Magnificent 7, all of the semiconductor group were very positive today. You had energy bouncing, Eli Lilly was up, AbbVie was up, uh, Walmart was up, Costco was up 2.4%, uh, the banks were up. It was just a very bullish day, okay? There's n no way around that. Um, the sector analysis today, every sector was green. Technology led the way, up 2.6%, with communication services right behind it, up 1.55%. Then consumer cyclical, 1.43%. Then industrials and energy, then financial. It was a bull run. You got, uh, if you were a bear, you got pummeled if you like to look at it in a binary fashion in a one week performance you had technology up four percent so that is leading the way and you have the magnificent seven leading the way 
butt breath remains very bad um, and you have a, a balance going on in yields. So whichever you look at, the two year, the five, the 10, the 30, they're all bouncing off of the recent sell-off in, in interest rates. And uh, it may have something to do with this news that came out after the close today. It kind of blew my mind. I'm not surprised, okay, because we already got uh, downgraded by Fitch. But Moody's, after the market closed, around 4.30 New York time, uh, on the Bloomberg wires and on CNBC, uh, it was reported that Moody's has downgraded the U.S. Uh, with a negative outlook. And it pointed to raging spending and debt and political uh, polarization of politics um, in the country. And it was quite the odd timing, right? Because if you put it in context of the whole week and you put in context of the end of the year and you put in context that yields rose all day. Um, well, I, I wouldn't say all day, but majority of the day, yields stopped going down and then bounced. Um, so... Either this downgrade was not news to the street and they all knew about it and basically were selling into this uh, rally all day, all week, uh, and then the news was just delayed till end of the session, end of the week. Uh, basically, anyone who bought potentially uh, could now be bag holders because with this rate cut, what basically is going to happen is it's going to uh, make debt much less affordable for the country to raise. Uh, why? Because they're going to have to offer a higher interest rate to sell these treasury bonds, is what Moody's is implying, uh, because we're seen as risky. We're still AAA, they said, but... Uh, it was downgraded nonetheless. Um, so what you should be watching for Sunday into the pre-market overnight into Monday morning are uh, how international markets react. And let me kind of peel the onion here. If you're not, um, if you're more advanced, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're kind of new to the interconnected web of assets and asset classes and currencies, if they're downgrading the U.S. and our ability to raise debt, uh, raise money through debt, then the rates are going to be higher, right? And bond prices are going to be lower because, as I've been saying, they're interlinked conversely or inversely. Uh, so you want to watch out for yields and TLT, which represents the price of bonds. Um, and then you also want to look at currency pairs, right? Because this r ratings uh, downgrade will negatively impact the U.S. dollar to the downside. Because if yields and risk are rising, then price of the U.S. dollar uh, will fall. And if you look at pairs of currencies like the U.S. dollar yen, the U.S. dollar pound, you want to start watching for uh, these pairs and how they're trading Sunday night. 
into Monday morning because what should happen, I'm not saying it will, is this should be negative for asset risk asset prices on, come Monday. Um, and the bond market is bigger than the equity market. So this is definitely, if, if it wasn't November, this is definitely market moving headline, um, just like the Fitch downgrade was. So who knows, maybe with seasonality, this gets pushed under the rug and we just keep rallying. But this is big news for the debt markets and interest rates, and that's really the only game in town. Um, so that's enough of that. I will post uh, this on the show notes and try to link to an article about it. But it was big news after the market closed. But back to the bull impulse and the Friday session, I want to walk through a few charts. And I will include this in the show notes as well. Um, so today was a huge rally. Right now you have, if you look at the VIX, it's crushed. Uh, what VIX basically is pricing in is forward-looking uh, volatility. And in my humble opinion, if you have a lot on the line to the long side, this, is, this has been, this past week has been a really good time to buy insurance on your longs. And this is not financial advice. Please ask your financial advisor uh, about more information on options if you've never bought options. But hypothetical here is let's say you had um, $200,000 worth of Apple and you're still bullish on the company. You think they'll continue to be the top dog. Okay, that's great. There are ways you can either uh, buy straddles, you can also sell calls, or you can just buy puts as insurance to um, insure your long position and hedge. And with the VIX being uh, pretty much demolished in the past, I would say, uh, week and a half, uh, it has brought a very good opportunity to buy options and buy puts in general. Um, whether you're truly bearish on the market or you're just trying to hedge your upside. And that's what I've been doing. I've been uh, using the uh, low volatility to buy options. And I think this is a really good opportunity here. Uh, you want a uh, long date. All of my options are 2024. I do not do zero day uh, expiration or one day expiration. Um, but yeah, that's just my little spiel on the VIX. It is really low. Whether the VIX closed at 14, uh, 14.17, it's basically a, uh, a 14 handle. It's basically zero. Uh, whether it's, and I think I've said this a few times on these podcasts, whether it's 14, whether it's 10, whether it's five, to me, it's just nominally zero because volatility is not going to go to zero and stay there. Uh, and the more they suppress this, the more it's going to explode to the upside. Um, but with that said, let's look at some of these uh, Magnificent Seven. The conditions still exist right now where it's very bullish for the Magnificent Seven. The only two out of the seven that are under the 50-day are Google and Tesla. 
everything else in Magnificent 7 is above the 50-day, holding a very good position. And Tesla is the only one that's under the 200-day moving average. Uh, so if, let me rewind. If you recall, weeks ago, I while we were basically crashing in the market, I repeatedly said, watch out, we're very oversold. And if there's going to be a bullish impulse with a Santa Claus rally, there are three things we need. Watch out for these three things. Uh, and if we are able to get two out of the three, we may have a good shot at a Santa Claus rally. And what were those three? Number one, we needed to see interest rates, the 10-year yield specifically, at 4.5% or under it. We're, we've been there this whole past week, 4.5 to 4.6. If we stay down here or, or drop, that's great for, for Santa Claus rally. The second ingredient that I noted was very important was to see a flip on new highs and new lows. We were seeing for weeks on, on end, the past two months basically, where whether the market was up or down, we had like 50 new highs and 800 new lows, no matter what. And that was signaling to me that the selling hasn't ended yet. So what we need to see are days where we have 400 new highs and 50 new lows. And even with the market being up as much as it was this whole week and today, we don't have that. The Dow was up 391 points. The NASDAQ was up 276 points. Yet we have 488 new lows versus 189 new highs. That's not good. So that needs to change for Santa Claus Rally. But... Since we don't have this uh, criteria in place, we have the first one with the 4.5 interest rate. I also said the third condition is Magnificent 7 to rally hard. And when I started to say this, if you recall, almost all of the Magnificent 7, except for Microsoft, was under the 50-day moving average. So I was right. My suspicion was correct. These three pillars were good um, barometers to look out for, for potential, potential sea change in the sentiment of the market. Um, so we closed very bullish. We closed uh, with the Magnificent Seven all doing well, except for uh, Google and Tesla. Um, we have interest rates near 45 to 4.6%. But breath is still horrible. That's okay. If we just stay at this level, there's a very good shot now at a Santa Claus rally. Now, I want to preface, doesn't mean that we will. Because there's still a lot more to come out. Um, on Thursday at the IMF panel, Jerome Powell did not eliminate the chance of another rate hike this year before the new year. So that's a wild card. If prices keep going higher, like stocks keep going higher, there's a chance he might just raise rates before the new year. 
Another wild card here is the news of the downgrade may impact yields and the bond market starting on Sunday night into Monday's open. Um, those are things to really watch out for. I think that's that's really it. In, in a nutshell, if yields stay low, regardless of this downgrade news from Moody's, if the market says F you, you don't matter, and yields stay below 4.6, like 4.5 and under, and the Magnificent Seven continue to rally hard, we will have a Santa Claus rally. Uh, we don't even need the breath to change because if you're an, an index trader or if you're in SPY or if you're in uh, Apple or one of these Magnificent Seven, who cares if Bumble or We plummets to, to zero or you know Beyond Meat goes to zero? If you're an Apple, which everyone is, uh, and Apple rallies to the end of the year, uh, we're going to have a Santa Claus rally, right? Because everyone is an index trader. Everyone is a currency trader today. Um, there really is no diversification going on. Uh, everyone is just fully invested uh, in these seven names or dozen-ish names out there. Um, so that's really it in a nutshell. I hope you guys had a successful week. Have a great weekend. I'm going to release this uh, Friday night just so more people can absorb it. Uh, I'm still seeing a ton of new subscribers to the Substack, so thank you so much. I'm humbled by uh, all of the new traffic and subscribers. Uh, I want to build a community so there's more of a two-way communication. I am actually going to eventually, once the premium side of the house launches, I want to invite uh, you, the subscriber, onto the podcast to pitch your book to everyone else. Like, why do you like XYZ stock? And I want to hear it, uh, and I want to hear your strategy behind uh, that uh, investment or trade. When you got in, when you're planning to get out, did it go against you, did it go for you, etc. Uh, I think we all can learn from each other. Uh, but with that said, uh, I am still running the promotion till uh, Cyber Monday, November 27th. All you have to do is subscribe for free and then hit the pledge button. The subscribe button will change to a pledge button once you're a subscriber. And by uh, basically you're committing to eventually pay for a premium. There's no credit card charge, but uh, Substack will note the credit card. So you do have to enter it. But nothing is charged until the premium service goes live in 2024. And you will get 33% off any uh, tier, whether you're doing $18 per month, $180 per year, or a founder uh, pledge of $250 per year. Uh, it would mean the world to me to just know that you support the work and you value it and you're learning over the course of time. Um, and I have a lot more to share. So I'm, I am planning to open up more services and offerings and just wanted to put that out there so you know um, that the promotion is available still. And you won't see the promo. I'm manually keeping track of everything. So it's also retroactive. So from subscriber pledger number one from July when I started this all the way to the Cyber Monday, we'll get that 33% off. Uh, so thank you again. Have a great weekend. 
Uh, I will uh, see you guys after the Monday session. All right, have a good one.